to come up with a cool graphic for the um, streaming. That could be over this one. Oh, like, right the in, like the intro. We should, dude, we should take pictures of our faces and then put them on rabbits jumping through a field. Little bunny foo-foo. Oh, no, I'll do the forest. I sang that whole song to my accent. feel like I'm, I'm getting that look more and more from Max. these days. No, not from Max. <laughs> <laughs> from, well, as you know, I've been spending a lot of time, time in kids ministry, so I'm pretty pretty goofy. And so some of the kids are like, whatever, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Including my own children. Mostly my own children. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Well, we're trying something new today. We, we are. We got uh, so. cameras, but... It's going to take a bit to get used to this. Yeah, I don't even know how to respond. Am I supposed to look at the camera supposed or to look, look at, at you? Yeah, look look at the camera? Look me in the eyes, Ruben. <laughs> so it's going to be like, look it's going to be like eye, a, like, like not even, just like pretend just that it's not there. Just a person in the room sitting at the table. Nice. Maybe. I'm glad you're controlling the cameras because I'm, I'm 100% wouldn't be able to process all those things in my brain. I want to pass over the responsibility to switch the camera to you. No, I, I'm I telling focus you. focus on the conversation. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd, <laughs> I'd be like, uh, which which one's which? Well, it's the multitasking. You know, we got to multitask, a chew gum, walk, talk, text, all at the same time. Yeah, which I'm not a multitasker. Well, I think, I really do think that if I were chewing gum, I wouldn't chew it while walking. Hmm. That's actually... I would just hold it in my mouth until I got to a stopping point and then start chewing again. I'm going to test that out. That's a good, uh, that's a good thought. Cause I really am the world's worst at multitasking. I'm wondering if I can split this screen that way. I don't have to keep switching back and forth. Mm, that'd be a great plan. Cause that would be magical. We're figuring Let stuff out, see. guys. Yeah, sorry that we're doing this live because this is we. I mean, Ray bad. is figuring all this stuff out. Well, I wonder if I can do. Sorry, people, we're trying. Never mind. I'll do this later because we don't want to waste your time. Um, I think there's a little bit of um, clarification that we need to give, starting out from <laughs> last episode. So we had a little bit of uh, clickbait. Do we? I don't oh. know if we've ever clickbaited before. I don't. I still don't feel like we did, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe we did. <laughs> so today we really are going to tackle global. No, we're not. Oh, <laughs> no, we're not, dude. I was like, we are. Oh. We, we have no information. I mean, who right. are we to have any information about global warming? I've never done a deep dive study. I don't have. I have no idea. I have no idea. So why are we going to tackle something we don't know? I just thought it would be really funny to put that in the title and see who's going to do it and so we had people well know. it's kind of a running not not really a joke but like a, it's kind of a running theme that is it's this thing that people some people know about and talk about and then others they're like i have no clue so why are we having this conversation right and then the truth is we don't really know like it's all speculation i think there's like a a scientific like history of data that we've collected, but it's limited mm -hmm. in, into a couple centuries, maybe not even a couple centuries. So how can we say globally what's happening in global warming based on so little data? 
you know. Mm. Um, but this year, I want to, does it feel like <laughs> global warming is happening this year? <laughs> it's hot. It's so, been a yeah. <laughs> weird summer. Oklahoma, which is also another issue because we don't really know weather in Oklahoma is weird. Right. But it's been a hot one. Yeah. Well, even even this week, it was like 90s and we're fall. Like we're deep in, I mean, not, maybe not deep into fall, but we're definitely into fall. And supposed it's supposed to be. Supposed to not, be the fall. But global warming. Global warming. <laughs> yes, but global warming. So from now on, when the weather changes Oklahoma, we're going to be like, but global warming. Yeah. And then there's going to be a whole group of people who have spent their life studying this and be like, you guys are spitting on our work. You think so? I don't know. Maybe. And then in Oklahoma in particular, it felt like, like a month ago, it felt like we stepped into fall. Yeah. Totally. And then a week later, we're back in the summer. <laughs> right. Yeah. All My I grass want. grew. It's like I couldn't even, I, I thought I was done mowing. And then You're I didn't kidding. mow a weekend, and it's it's greener than it's been all season. Yeah, it's nicer than it's been all season. It looks better. I had to mow it, and I was like, "This is the way grass is supposed to look." Right, and feel on your feet. You should be able yes. to walk out of your house in bare feet and not feel like you're in a landmine, <laughs> or you're step about to step on a landmine, and it's like going to poke a hole through your foot. Like you feel like you're stepping on glass. Yeah, dude. The so other prickly. day. Okay, so we thought Legos was the worst thing to step on. <laughs> I'll tell you what the worst thing to Those step goat on. Those head burrs. No. That's the worst. <laughs> An upside down earring that goes through the bottom of your foot. Dude. No. <laughs> no. I'm telling you what. Where Who did knows? you step on this? In my house, I... dude. So Indy is now oh, I was going to say, was it Indy or she's, Jordan? <laughs> she's got, well, it was Jordan's earring, but oh. I don't know that it was her that left it on the ground. It was most likely our daughter. Um, because she is, she got her ears pierced, uh, several months back and is all about the earrings, which I love that she, she's got these glow in the dark butterfly ones. She loves switching them out. And so every once in a while she'll get into Jordan's earrings because she thinks they're pretty and they're, you know, they're more mature and that kind of stuff. And she'll want to put them on and then she won't put them back because we don't, we have like her kid earrings for her. And the other day, dude, I was I was vacuuming or something and I stepped back and I felt something pierce the bottom <laughs> of my foot. And I was like, what was that? I was like, no way was that another Lego. And sure enough, I pulled, I was like, pulled the stinking earring out of my foot. And that's it, pretty amazing, dude. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's bad too, because it was in someone's ear. <laughs> and I'm like, what just went into the bottom of my foot? Like, only it. God knows that. I love it. That's and so, so I probably have like tetanus or something. I don't know. It's metal that's been in someone's ear that you, yeah, it's just gross. That's hilarious. It's in my foot. So, well, you're the only one that would think about it being in someone's ear. No. No, I'm not the only one. I kind of think are, so. It's I an eerie. So because right? I, I know, but I, I, I first would I would have oh, thought, I, I don't think ear. I would have thought, oh, that's been in someone's ear. I think I would have thought, I cannot believe that stabbed through my foot. Like when you have a nail going your foot, have you had a nail going your foot? Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about? Oh, well, where's this nail been? Have you been, have you thought that? Yeah, hundred oh. percent. It's like whether it's rusty or not. Well, the rusty, it's like, yes. Yeah. Like it's a like definitely a rusty. But I don't think I've thought about. Oh, where's this nail been? I think I only think about, oh crap, I gotta go get a tetanus shot. Where am I at? <laughs> that's that's my thought. Yeah, but I was like, 
It's almost like <laughs> it's a anyway. piece of metal. And it's your family. It's not like it's some random. Well, yeah, but like when when Indy first got her ears pierced, it, there was like you know you got to clean it out and twist it and make sure it doesn't get like <laughs> stuck and closed up, and then you pull them out and it's got the that like white film on it. I'm like that could have went. Wax. It's actually Dude. really clean, man, because it went in your foot and just cleaned it all as it went in your foot. Earwax is a cleaning agent. No, I think it's I think it's clean because it's coated coats the coats the earring no i think it's you don't think i think i good? have earwax or something related to the ear in the bottom of my foot inside my body floating around my bloodstream right now that's awesome man congratulations <laughs> congratulations oh i did so anyway global warming uh grass green oklahoma earrings in your foot i, I think okay so earrings in your foot reminds me of um nail in my foot it's crazy how fast it goes in like if you step on it it's just like oh yeah like right through the top of your foot like if you have a long one it's so quick like it's not even you stepped on one it's went all the way through all the way in no it's just like because it happens so fast and you can't stop it dude i know that's what i'm saying i've never had that i had one poke in the bottom of my foot well it's like a staple in your thumb have you done that? Oh, yeah. Like it's stapler. You're like, what's this do? And it staples all the way through your yeah, thumb. Yeah, it goes quick. And it happens fast. Well, now, it hurts we, like a mug. But. When we were in high school, we used to like open the stapler and just <laughs> no, slap people's arms with it. Dude, <laughs> dude that is. <laughs> your boys make a lot of sense to me right now. <laughs> your boys are coming into clarity right now because you're like, guess what we did, dad? Snap. <laughs> Staple someone's arm. Dude. Yeah, I was more mature though in high school. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was saying they should they should be exploring with that kind of stuff yet. They should wait a few years. That's so. <laughs> You're telling me you never did anything like stupid like that? Well, I'm. I don't know. Maybe, dude. We used. There were people I didn't. So I can't say we. But there were people in our high school that used to take needles and and take the pencils or the erasers off of number two pencils. And they were perfect size for the inside of the straws that we had in the cafeteria. And they would poke a needle or a pin in the in the back of it and then shoot it out at people. And it'd be like, and like stick in them. Pins. Yeah. Like, yeah. like pins. Like, pins. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, like either a, uh, not a safety pin, but like a straight pin. Yeah, a straight pin. But you're talking about yeah, the ones like for, a, for clothing like a, that has like, a little ball on the end of it? Like a dart. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was dude, like a dart, is, dude. That is, that's a little wicked. I know. You're telling me, dude, I'm the one that. Now, if that one was on the ground it. and you picked it up and threw it at someone's neck, I'd be thinking, "Where's this pin been?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The natural thought of when <sighs> something goes in your body. Yeah. Okay. Where's this been? Gross. Well, I heard you have to clear up something too, uh, else from our last episode about sleazy. <laughs> something sleazy. Do you have to clear that up? No, 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 no. I already, I did clear it up, so I can go into this podcast with it with a clear. Oh. Clear you cleared it up so, offline. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I said at the beginning of our last podcast, I'm going to start by clearing this up. And then we talked about salesmen. You were talking about being a salesman. Oh, I, I was the fraternal police. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, we've slept, slept since last time. I, so. I forgot. I yeah. thought we had to clear up more about the sleep. No, we don't. No, we don't got to clean anything up. We're good. All right. We got clear consciences. I love can... starting an episode with clear conscious and a Coke Zero. That's right. Not an official sponsor. 
not an official <laughs> yeah we have to say that or else we'll probably get sued by coca-cola or something. <laughs> i don't know if we will because we have because it's free free publicity for them come on well they're probably they're they're probably hunting us down because we have we have a huge following oh so. massive I, my uh my preference is dr pepper zero so no offense coke zero but dr but pepper zero is magic and scott, dr pepper zero with cherry scott oh. aspartame in it dude I, don't tell me that i'm just saying but i don't know I it won't hurt me see ah that's not true <laughs> That's what they say, but that's not true. I feel like it's true. <laughs> Could be. Does that matter? The feeling of truth? My truth? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. I thought my truth mattered. Uh, the truth matters. <laughs> oh. So how do, you, how do you find out what the truth is based on aspartame? Uh, Science? <laughs> I'm sorry to chuckle. About science, I don't know. I don't know. I just heard that it's this like bad thing because I used to drink. I was drinking. See, I hadn't drink drank pop since college, and then you got me on this. You know where it went downhill for me was no when we were on that trip. I forget even where we were going, but you introduced me to Coke and coffee. It was like that, that skinny yes. can Coke it's when and we coffee. Went to Missouri that one time, and I was like, that, "That's oh, that's dude. really messy." And then from there, I was like, "I kind of don't hate, you know, um, what was it, um, carbonation anymore?" I was like, "That was real smooth." That was smooth. That was smooth. And then, Coke. and then it kind of went downhill from there. I started drinking zeros, and then somebody said, "Yeah, but that's got aspartame in it." And I'm like, but what does aspartame do? Death in a can. <laughs> it's death in a can. I don't think that's true, but it's good. For maybe you. it is. Maybe that's it my is. truth, dude. That's your truth. Okay, good, good, good. We both have our truth, and we're both gonna. I mean, I guess who dies first? That's how we. That's how we know which truth mattered the most. Mm. No, that's not a way to decide. You know that crackers, like like uh, what are they called? Um, those salt salting crackers. It's like call that heart attack in a bag really that's like the worst thing salting crackers yeah but i don't know why i just heard that one time and now i'm, I'm afraid to eat salting crackers oh dude i love salting crackers i know with a little bit of butter on top oh you put a layer you make of butter, a butter right sandwich on top oh <laughs> so good. that's probably so good that's but that's bad. where the heart attack comes from yeah yeah that's <laughs> it's all the butter, it's the butter. <laughs> yeah oh here's a here's a good question because you were talking about this earlier uh specifically <clears> about loving people how do you love someone well that you uh maybe what's what's the right way to phrase this question that maybe you don't know or you know is wrong (laughs) because your truth tells them tells you they're wrong yeah but no 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 like if there is if there is like which we would hold to the belief that there is the there is a truth yes and that truth comes from god's word so we can we can look at, you know, we can deal with all sorts of different people as we as we navigate life, and there's going to be people that have different opinions or different thoughts about different things, and so if it doesn't line up with with truth, how do you continually love that person toward truth hmm. in a way that is that that draws them in to truth versus pushing them away or judging them? Or making them feel like, dude, you're wrong. Like, I don't know. Because love would say, or 
loving that person would actually be actively pointing them toward the truth, not just letting them wander in something that's not truthful or abide by or live by a pr- set of principles or something that is that is not true. So Yeah. Well, I think you you're stepping into like a a, a massive like arena. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk love, you almost have to go back and define love. And then when you talk about how do you love well, you have to talk about the motivation, the heart behind yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And so I think the further you go in relationship or the further you go um, with someone that you're growing with, that you're walking with, you're going to realize how different you are. Mm-hmm. And I think love, like true love, you know, scripture says it carries a multitude, it covers a multitude of sins. Like forgiveness does that. And that's part of love, uh, forbearance, which is carrying the burden, even though the person is wrong, you're like carrying their burden with you. And so I think you, I think we have to go back and, and, and talk about love. Cause I, I do think, you know, the question is a good one. And I think the reason that we're talking through it and thinking through it is because sometimes as pastors, we are told that we are loving. And then there's other times that as pastors, people are like, I can't believe you call yourself a pastor, a Christian. That's so unloving. That's so unfair. That's so wrong and so gross, whatever. So it's hard being a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, especially in the context, you know, we've, we've joked about this before, but you want to kill a conversation, just say you're a pastor and that kind of, <laughs> especially a stranger. Um, but I think with the context of love, especially in the, in the context of there's no reciprocal like there's, it's not a two way street. A lot of times mm. love is one direction a lot of times. Um, and it gets messy. And I think that's where the definition, like the world would say, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. You love me. I'll love you. And the movies, the romantic comedies is like the, someone waits to say, I love you. But the reason they'll say, I love you is because they're expecting, I love you back. And when they say like the star Wars, you know, the famous Han Solo line mm. where princess Leia is like, I love you. And he goes, I know <laughs> it's like, oh, that's like yeah. terrible. You know, it's like, what the heck? <laughs> So I think the world has defined love and we're not even talking about the ooey gooey gushy, you know, um, erotic kind of love. We're talking more of just the love and we put it in the context of it's give and take, like I'll give if I get, Mm. well, when you define love in scripture, that's not how love is defined. And so before we kind of answer the question of how do you love? Well, why don't we talk about what love is and isn't? Like, cause I think we have a context and I, I really don't know if I know how to love, if I don't realize that I need love and someone loves me unconditionally. Like, I don't even know if I can actually unlock the, the, the feeling of love. Yeah. You know? And I, so I'm sorry, I'm like rambling a lot of here, but when I think about children, babies, we think that they love us, even pets, dogs, we think they love us, but what's happening is they're getting something from us. So they're responding with a, some kind of affection because they know that you're, we're feeding them. We know that we're scratching them, changing their diapers. If it's a baby, it's like the love is based on my actions. Hmm. So true love switches at some point that has nothing to do with what's gotten in the relationship, but it transcends it. It's something bigger. So I don't know if that makes sense as far yeah, as a starting point of love. Well, and I think it's a difficult thing to... Um, kind of wrap your mind around, but you know, I think it's in 
first John where he says that we love because he first loved us. So this idea that I can't fully love someone until I've experienced that love or even know what that love feels like in order to pass it on to somebody else mm. is I think kind of a it's a difficult concept to understand because we define love so many times in the tangibles of life or what we receive based on you know our experience with certain people and we would say well that person loves me mm-hmm. well why would you say that well they well because oftentimes it's tied to a because they have done this for me mm-hmm. or whatever and so um how would we not then turn around and say well i love th- these people and here's how they can know that i love them mm-hmm. and it's often tied once again to, to the tangibles the action or the the what you do or what you bring to the table when it comes to that relationship and so if you don't have a relationship with somebody, is it possible to love them outside of a relationship? Truly. Yeah. Like I don't know if there is. And I think that's the I think that's <clears throat> why it's so hard to define it. Because mm-hmm. I think true love is relational. And yet in scripture we see that God loved us even without relationship. And that's why it boggles our mind is that he created everything for us. We turned our backs on him, but he still pursued us and he's Mm -hmm. showing all the action with no return, but we know he loves us, but we say, well, because he's done all this for us, but the, 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 the essence and nature of God is love. Like love is who he is. And so yes, it led to action, but I think love started even before the action. So the actual idea of love is pre-action. And so there's people that you can come into contact with and for some reason you love them and you don't even know them. There's no back and forth. It's just like you have this almost like unexplained, like, okay, I love them, you know, and it's weird, but it then even quickly, it moves to action. Like it moves to do something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we've, almost gotten the cart in front of the horse, you know, we kind of got it backwards to be like, well, love is because of action. Well, I think actually action happens because of love. So, Mm. you know, you got to, it's love first. And so a baby grows to love parents and that are attached to them because the parent has done all this for them and there's no return. They didn't even realize it. But then eventually they'll wake up and realize I love them and it has nothing to do with what they do for me there's something else there and then I'm going to in turn serve them or love them or, you know, action. So it's, it's, it's a hard one to, to wrap my mind around because I think the fullness of life and joy in life is through love and love is action. Hmm. But I think love is first, like there's something there first and then it moves to action. But the most fulfilled life is one that's, generous and forgiving and caring and all that stuff, you know, and it's love really, but without a reason or without a, Oh, like something that causes us to love or understand love. I don't think love really is real. Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking about, uh, even what you said earlier, defining love and what it is in scripture. He 
uh, Paul would define it in first Corinthians 13, you know, he says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long suffering. And it's all these things. And it doesn't say love is patient to those who are patient to them. You know, love is kind to those who are kind to them. It's just simply is what it is. So we can see love play itself out in people's lives and their actions toward one another. Um, And I think we're, I think we're drawn to a kind of love that doesn't necessarily require reciprocation or is not seeking reciprocation. And that's why I think in movies, like you mentioned, that we, that we're so like, I, I, no matter who you are, I think when you see that scene and it's like, I love you. And it's like, I know your, your instant (laughs) thought is like, that was wrong. That was prideful. Like, like, you jerk. Like you deserved love because you're this great, awesome person or whatever. And maybe he wasn't meaning maybe he wasn't meaning it like that, whatever. But whoever the writers of that line were, I think just on a human level, we can be kind of taken back by that, be like, oh, that was interesting. Like there yeah. was no reciprocation. <clears throat> right. So when I think on the on the on the level of God, we're more like Han Solo because God says he loves us and we say, I know. Mm. <laughs> and so we're the, we're the ones just expecting it and like, oh yeah, of course that's what you should do. And we cheapen it. And so even though it's drastic and I, and I, and it shapes the way we deal with other people, it shapes the way we interact. It shapes the way we think about our relationships because they're always transactional. So if our relationship with God is transactional and that's how we measure his love, then that's how we're going to work with other people. And I really don't know if we can love someone else until we had just non, like, like no holds bar love that was unconditional, just doesn't matter what you've done. And that's really hard for us to, to give someone else until we've received it. Once I understand who I am and how God unconditionally loves me and accepts me, man, that's, that's when it opens up my heart for me to actually care for someone around me. Hmm. that's good and uh, if we're talking about how do i show love it shows up in some difficult ways Mm -hmm. um i I think about hebrews uh chapter 12 it talks about um if you're a child of god don't be surprised if he disciplines you and discipline isn't a isn't a fun thing but part of god's love for us is he doesn't let us go just walk off a cliff He'll put up warning signs. He'll send a prophet. He'll send a savior. And if we go off the cliff, it wasn't because it's his fault. He gave us every opportunity. It's because we didn't listen to the signs. And so the the discipline is, well, these are consequences to the actions. So um, think about in, in your life, and just for a second, like someone that you knew loved you, what were some of the characteristics that they showed you in their, in their love for you? Well, all those things from patience to kindness to long suffering because i know myself and there's times where i can be a jerk or say things that even in a tone that is condescending or hurtful or um you know one of the most i think the purest forms of love that you see in context of human relationships is my relationship with my kids because there's times where like they, you know, for whatever reason, they get kind of not necessarily put on the back burner, but like 
they go, they see you in your best moments and your worst moments. Yep. And it's, it's always interesting to me, um, as my kids get a little bit older, it's a little bit more fragile, I feel like, but like my, my youngest kids as they were really young, no matter what kind of day you had, no matter how frustrated you got with them or whatever the next morning, or when you walk in the door from a long day and your kids run and Mm -hmm. yell daddy Mm -hmm. and like come and give you a hug. And you're surprised because you're like, okay, this is interesting because my last interaction with you was not really the most positive one. Mm. And it ended with me either reprimanding you or, you know, being frustrated with you because I've told you for the millionth Mm -hmm. time not to do this and you keep doing it or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. And you walk out the door with this, some unresolved tension and yet some time goes by and you walk in and it's like nothing ever happened. You know, it's an interesting experience as a father to experience that kind of love that is quick to uh, maybe not forget because I think kids hold on to some of those things, especially if they're repeated offenses over and over and over again. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm even learning as a dad right now is like <clears throat> the older they get, the more uh, your words and your your actions impact the way that they see you and experience you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they say kids are resilient. Um, but and then another form of that is is in my is in our marriage. I mean, there's, it's, it's, uh, you know, some of the things that Jordan and I have gone through have, have been amazing. Um, but some of them have been really difficult and Mm -hmm. yet she still chooses to, to love me because it's not based on what she can get out of the relationship. It's based on a love that she's experienced herself through Christ that then, uh, flows through her. So, so it's kind of a decision, in, in marriage in particular, um, it's a decision before action. Um, and I, and I think when we look at, you know, Christ, when we look at what he's done for us or what his love is displayed is that his decision to not leave us, his decision to always walk with us, his decision to always pursue us, his decision to indwell us with a spirit is like, that's pre anything precondition. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the covenant that he made with us is preconditioned. And so there's nothing that can break it, and that makes it stronger. When we go into a relationship and we love someone conditionally, then at a whim, it can go away. And then we're always wondering. And I think with a kid, when you mentioned the children, it, it made me think through it. And I wonder if children, the resilience or the the quick to get back in relationship is stronger the younger a child is. And the older a child is, the more the stewing and the resentment and the bitterness happens because now we're more aware of life and how life can beat us down. And so the, the gap from, from innocence Mm. of quick restoration of relationship is gets further and further apart. Um, and I, and I think with us as adults, we, we do that as well because we really won't truly put ourselves out there with someone until we've tested the waters. We're not quick to, you know, connect. It's more, hands up, guard, let's not connect until we can test the person. Some of that's smart because it's self-defense, but God never treats us that way. And God is always open with his arms open wide for us to run by right back to him. Hmm. And a lot of us, the reason we don't run back into relationship with the father is because humanly, we can't imagine doing that with our own fathers, like, because they've mistreated us or we felt disciplined. And so I'm going to let them suffer for a little bit. We think we're doing that with God, but he is otherworldly. He's otherly. And so mm-hmm. 
he's always ready to run, for us to run back in his arms like your small children do. Daddy, you know, that's an awesome thing. But I think the older we get, the less quick we are to restore, the more we are to stew. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> and I think as we um, think about relationship, man, there's nothing like, because when you're convinced that someone truly loves you and is for you, I mean, it it opens up a whole new world of possibility with mm. that relationship because you can have car, hard conversations, you can point them toward truth in in ways that you couldn't with somebody who you have like kind of a rocky relationship with or yep. kind of a fragile relationship. You kind of have to you you feel this tension of like, man, I see this in their life, but I don't know if I have I I've earned the right or the mm. permission to be able to if they're really convinced that I'm lo- I love them them and I'm for them. And that's what's interesting about, like you said earlier, about being a pastor is because sometimes we have the benefit of having the title pastor behind our name. Some people see that as a very positive thing and they see us as like, as people that we can be trusted, but there's a whole other group of people that have maybe been hurt by the church or by, by a pastor or uh, somebody who has uh, abused their authority or position of power and and they ha- they've had a negative experience. And so we don't have the opportunity to really earn that spot of and convince that individual that we're for them. And right. we actually, the, the motivation of our heart is for them to experience life in a way that is better than they're already experiencing it. And so that's why we're willing to lean into hard conversations. But sometimes those hard conversations are received with um, resentment or received with, I can't believe that they would say this to me or whatever. And it's like, man, that's hard because I think if we've developed that confidence in the love that we have for one another, and I mean, uh, once you have that mutual trust and love and have the ability to speak into each other's lives, knowing that like, even though this is a hard conversation, I know that tomorrow we're going to wake up and we're still going to we're still going to have that love for one another, whether it's a brotherly love or like that, you know, that unconditional love that you talked about. And I think that's such a valuable commodity in the world in which we live because there's not, you know, there's not a ton of people that we can say we have that relationship with. And that's hard. Well, and, and having someone, I think there's personalities Mm -hmm. that love to call people out. They're just com- confront confrontation people. They don't mind it. <laughs> it's like, and maybe I'm one of those, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't have a problem really, you know, asking someone mm-hmm. some tough questions. Other people are super uncomfortable about it. And so, okay. Um, I don't, I don't want them to be uncomfortable, but I think some people just don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Some people just don't like being called out but true love is that balance between knowing when and then not being afraid to but i think you this is almost human human um and not god because i think god sees it all and he knows the right time he comes at the right time he convinces the right time he convicts at the right time we never can look at his pattern and say oh here's the steps one two three because he right. he's just he's an otherly he knows but humanly we got to be smart about it it's not smart if someone's five minutes before they're getting on a plane 
to tell them not to get on the plane because they're going to die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's the wrong time. You know, the, and your relationship's there. What? Not there. Why are you doing that? But someone else, you know, you've walked with someone for a long time and you're like, okay, now's the time because we have a relationship. We've developed this trust. And if I ask, if I give you some wisdom or I give you some advice, you're actually going to listen to it because there's a rapport there already. Mm -hmm. And love makes me say it, but love also makes you receive it. You know what I'm saying? It's like the love works on both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to know that you're telling me this because you love me. You wouldn't be telling me if you didn't love me. And then I'm going to be in the position to say, how am I responding to this? Because I love them. So I'm going to be open to the, to the criticism or whatever it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is, it's hard because it is a love works on both, both ends, both spectrums. Um, So here's, here's, here's something that I struggle with, you know, just in my personal life and how my mind works and how like my, I don't know if it's gifting or, or whatever, but like I'm much different or probably much slower than you are um, to move into that type of relationship, probably mostly because of, I'm afraid of that I'll be rejected by that person or they won't receive it the right way. And so I'm like constantly overthinking that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I struggle with is like, if a person has made it clear not necessarily by what they say, because a lot of people will be like, man, I really want, I'm hungry for relationship and community and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But then you try to lean into that, those types of relationships with that person. And you find out really quickly that was what they said, but that wasn't necessarily what they meant because community isn't just like hanging out and, you know, throwing darts. It's like, there's actually sharpening that's going on. You know, scripture says that iron sharpens iron and people are getting better and they're growing and their, their lives are better and enriched by the relationship they have with one another. And so, and we need each other to have each other's backs, to, to see what we can't see. And so if there's a, there's an individual that says they want to be loved in that direction, and then you have pursued that, Mm-hmm. and it gets rejected or that individual walks away like what's the point or what's the point in which you say man i i just don't know that that person's ready for for the love that i desire to give mm. versus just continuing to sit silent on the things that you see that are challenging and and are actually wreaking havoc in their life um but you can't say anything about it because you know they'll walk away. Like if there's a fragile relationship, yeah. at what point do you say, man, maybe this isn't something that I should pursue? Now, or do you ever the, say that? That's one of the hardest. Yeah, that's one of the hardest questions to answer. But I know exactly what you're what you're getting at because the personality matters. And I think the gifting and almost the spiritual gifting that God gives each person matters in this context, because Mm -hmm. some people that are quick to confront, and maybe I'm in that category, part of my motivation sometimes is not love. I think part of my motivation Mm -hmm. is I already know where this is going, so I might as well pull the bandaid off. Uh. And I I don't think that's love. I think that's more putting people in a category and saying, this is where we're headed. Let me take care of it now. Cause I don't want to deal with all that because sometimes love is not saying anything mm-hmm. and seeing where they, where the person is that I'm, you know, if I have a relationship with them is being patient enough to realize, okay, in their life, they have this context, they have 
this hard thing going on at work and their family and all this stuff. So this is not the time for me to pour more gas on the fire, more salt on the wound, whatever you want to put it. Right. It's time for patience, prayer, and the spirit working in their life. But I think there's another spectrum, and maybe this is the one that, that you struggle with on the other side is there is a line where it's no longer loving because now it's about self-preservation. Mm. So I'm worried about how this is going to make me feel and can I sleep at night and I'm going to lose a friendship and it's the fear, you know what I'm saying? So on one spectrum, it's impatience. So that's actually lacking the fruit of the spirit. On the other side, it's fear, which is also lacking the fruit of the spirit. And so it's almost like there's this medium boldness that happens where if it's spirit led to confront someone out of love, then we can't be afraid to lose a relationship if it's with the right motive. Because mm -hmm. the right motive is, man, I, I'm, I'm worried that you're about to step off a cliff and I, I can't let you walk off a cliff because you're my friend. And if you're going to walk away from me, at least you're living and haven't walked off that cliff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm almost, I'd rather you be, you'd, you'd, you'd be rescued and us not be friends because I love you. I don't need a two-way street thing here. I just really love you. No, I would like a two-way street. But I love you enough to, to know that this may cost us a relationship. That's how important it is. Mm. Discerning that, that's that's really the the challenge, you know? And I think when I think about like the people that I'm surrounded with daily, and that's you're one of these people, we are so vastly different in the way we approach, you know, uh, relationships and people and the way we think about them. But it's beautiful because what it what it helps is for me when I see you interact, it helps me learn and soften some of my rough edges. And then I have no idea what you think about seeing me, but it's more like together we can help this we each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's part of the love is that you have all access. I have access to your life. I see how you do it. And I'm like, man, that was a really wise way to go about this. Um, and then hopefully there's a reciprocal thing there where it's like, wow. The way that you went about that is something I can learn from. And so being on a team together is not that we're just saying what well, that person is the perfect person for that. It's more like together. Um, and, and we have another teammate that's phenomenal at a lot of stuff that I yep. look at all the time that I'm in awe. And it's like when we work together, all of us are vastly different. And yet we together as the body, let's put it that way, can love people well. Mm -hmm. Because uh, my wife, for example, Christy, she's she has some gifts that a lot of times I don't want to hear them because I know they're going to be truth, <laughs> but it, I, I just don't want to ask her because I know she's going to just lay it on the line. Well, if I'm smart and if I understand how that will make it better, I'm always going to ask her, but I got to put myself in a position to be able to receive it <laughs> because yeah. if I just want her to tell me what I want to hear, I have to go tell her, Hey, I'm an outbatch ask you something, but I just want you to tell me what I want to hear. I just don't want you to, I don't want you to cut this down. You know, I don't want you to kill my dreams, you know? And so, but if I'm honest, I want her to be honest because that helps me. Yeah. But we have 26 years of relationship and we all, we both know we're solid. Kind of like you said mm -hmm. before, we're committed. There's our decision is to love one another, no matter what happens, thick yep. and thin. And so we can have those kind of open dialogues. I can even get my feelings hurt and it's not going to be bad for her. It's not gonna be bad for me because I know we've already made a decision to love each other. Right. <laughs> and so, but I think the hardest part is with relationships that are not a spouse not a super close friend, man, I really have to check my motivation. I, I really have to go back and check. Am I doing this because I'm impatient? Is am I doing this because I'm reading their mind? 
Am I doing this because I just don't want to deal with it? Or is this really a moment that is significant mm. and it's spirit led and I'm open and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to be bold and step into it and it may not turn out like I'd like it to, but it's something that I need to step into because love is requiring this of me. It's actually constraining me towards it. You know, like it's constraining me to not say something I shouldn't, but it's also pushing me into boldness in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think the key in <clears throat> the relationships is we talked about, or I think I talked about earlier where, when you know that someone loves you Mm -hmm. and maybe what I'm defining is, or really trying to communicate is committed. Like when you know that somebody is committed to the relationship and sticking it out, no matter how difficult it gets, then that's where like, they're not going to walk away. Yeah. Because we've, we've experienced that. Yeah. Where confrontation causes someone to walk away and you're like, that's not what this yeah. was about. You know, I misunderstood what this was about. That was not it. Yeah. And and it's interesting you use the word constraining because when I think about my experience, even in even in the work, the line of work that we're in in ministry, man, there's times where if I'm honest, I mean, it gets really, really challenging. And mm-hmm. emotions are part of it uh just exhaustion can sometimes be a part of it um there's mental like capacities can be a part of it i mean you can only have so much that you can hold in your brain people's names people's problems people's surgery dates people's stuff and you forget stuff and you're like oh man did that person feel like i actually even care about them because Mm -hmm. i totally forgot this and it's like i operate off a checklist and if it's not on the checklist i'm like I'm in trouble because and love and relationships can't fit on a checklist. And right. that's the hardest thing because it's not a loving your wife is not a checklist. You know, loving right. your kids is not a checklist, but we operate in like me. I've always said it. If it's not on my calendar, it does, doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, now put your uh, anniversary on the calendar and birthdays and <laughs> that's probably smart, but it's almost like if you put love and relationship on a calendar, it's going to feel mechanical and then it's no longer love. Well, I want to push back on that because I'm saying if you have like a script that you check off and that's all you say, that's all I'm saying, because I think relationship with, I mean, you can put it on a checklist to remind you, mm-hmm. but if you go and say the exact same thing every time or do the exact same thing, is that love? No. And I don't think it's, it's necessarily, um, rehearsed per se, and, and there's a, it's scripted, but one of the things, one of the things that Jordan and I have saw differently in our marriage is like, she's like, man, if you, she didn't understand early on that, like, why do you have to like, cause I would have alarm set and you know, I have alarm set for everything. Uh, one of the alarms that I had was like, Hey, take time to check in on your wife. And for her, that was like, yep. wait, you have to you have to like have an alarm to like text me throughout the day or whatever. And it's not, but my perspective was it's not like you are so important to me that you're, I'm making you a priority by putting you into the system in which my brain operates. Yes. So for me, that was one of the most loving things that I could do for her. It was like, Oh, 
you don't, it's not natural for you to love me. It's mechanical for you to love me. And it was like, right. And that's what I'm talking about. The difference of, so for me in the way that my mind operates and as I know myself more and I'm, I'm more familiar and more aware of how God created me, Mm -hmm. then I'm using those things. And I'm actually becoming more and more okay with who God created me to be and how he wired my brain and my, and my, um, the way I live my life to work yeah. and it's different than, than other people. And yeah. so I used to beat myself up about that all the time because I'm like, Oh man, like maybe she's right. Maybe. And, and the enemy would just have a heyday with me. I was like, you don't really love people. You don't really love your wife or whatever. And because I would forget stuff all the time with yeah. people that are actually incredibly important to me. Yeah. And then it felt like I did not love them, but because I, it felt cheap or I was made to feel like it was cheap to put them on my calendar. I just forgot about it altogether because Mm -hmm. the way my mind works is like, if I don't see it and it's not in front of me, it's not something that I've convinced myself that I need to do, then it doesn't happen. And so in order to love people well, I have a system in which I work through and how my mind operates. And so for me, that is loving them well. Yeah. And I I think maybe what I was talking about is not that because I think it is, you know, programming and check, you know, the, the reminder of the texting, all that stuff is very loving. But if you, if that is your relationship and you never like, let's say it's just a text throughout the day and you remind yourself, great, you're just building that relationship. But when you're actually together and you're in the back of your mind, you're like, I just texted them. They should be fine. And there's no space for a conversation and walking and building the actual relationship right. when you're present and they're just a checklist, then it becomes negative. And that's all I'm saying. I think whatever you got to do to develop. So you remind yourself that this is your mm-hmm. important relationship uh, all day long. I'm just talking about like your family can't be something on your calendar because then they're just a project is, is right. what I'm saying. Yeah. But should you put your family on the calendar? Yes. <laughs> because if you don't, you'll fill your time up with, everything else and not them. So it's not that it's, it's more, can your kids say that dad's here when he's here? Can your wife say that when I speak, he listens, can, you know, the, the, is the love felt not just a reminder throughout the day to send you a text? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm sure your family pops in your head, whether you have a reminder or not. Right. And I think that's what it's getting at because they mean something to you. And so that's all I don't, there's people in my life that I only remember them when they pop up my calendar and that's it. And I'll send them a text and say, Hey, popped up on my calendar praying for you. You know, what kind of relationship is that? I don't know. And I will tell you this as pastors, this is a really hard thing, like really hard because we don't, we're human. So there's only so much capacity we have for true deep relationships. Mm -hmm. And if, if people, and this is the quiet part out loud, that's what our podcast is about if people hold us to the standard of my spiritual needs need to be met by the pastor and he needs to be thinking about me and all the time and he needs to be ready all the time, we're going to disappoint everyone Mm -hmm. because there's only so much capacity that we have to remember even our own stuff (laughs) in our own families, you know? Um, And so that's why the church body is a body, not one part. You know, it's not one piece that's elevated. Yeah. It's like we're all together because there is going to be some times when we fail and you need to reach out to us and encourage us. And then there's other times God will bring you to my mind and I'm going to reach out to you and encourage you, you know, say so it's like a, it's this 
two-way street as far as like, I love you unconditionally. I really do. And I would do anything for you. I really would. But for me to remember, like if, if someone doesn't show up for a while, I'm telling you, unless the spirit brings them to my mind, I probably will forget. And I, I don't know how, I don't know what to do about that. Um, you know, there's only so much time in your day and there's only so many reminders you can have. And let's say you have 500 people that you need to care for. Hmm. How many, how many actual reminders can you put in your calendar in a week or a month or a year to remember to reach, reach out and touch base with that person? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's hard. It really is hard. And I don't, I really don't know what the answer is to that. Um, in my mind, the answer is the spirit, the body bonds us together in unity and we carry each other's burdens. And there's times when we're closer and there's times when we're not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's been a really difficult thing for me as a, <clears throat> I say as a pastor, because I think sometimes that, that expectation comes with the territory is that you would know all things and have capacity to do all things. And I really struggle to manage that tension in my own heart because my my desire, I, I mean, I wish I could do all things, but God has created me with limits just like he's created everyone else with limits. And so I have to, and specifically in this season of my life with really young kids um, and managing our our kids team and our, our, our student team and even... Um, we have great people in, in those areas and in our, our young adult areas, there's, there's ministries that are thriving because people are loving and leading and serving one another. Well, yeah, They're but like stepping into a that's gap. not because I am there every time, but I'm, I'm leading them. And sometimes I struggle with that because I'm like, Oh shit. Like, do I always have to be present in the room? But the reality is I can't be. And especially now that we, you know, we've we've uh, broken up into several different smaller areas of our church to to make sure we fit everyone, and to to feel like, oh man, like I can't be in all these spaces at once. It's not physically possible. I and need so you you're relying on. I need you to be in all places yeah, at once, please. I wish I could. And <laughs> uh, and relying on other people that are fully capable yeah. and and you know know that they're a part functioning part of the body as well. I think is really important to keep in mind um, because we're we are only human and we well, do and we're, have so much we're capacity. one person and we actually desire that people like us and we like, we want the commitment to be both ways, right? We want someone to be all in mm -hmm. and commit to us and forgive us when we fail. Um, like we, we would hope that from people that are involved in our lives. And, and it's, I mean, it's amazing. There's a lot of people that are, you know, mm -hmm. that are, that are all in. There's people that I don't see for weeks and weeks and weeks, but they're all in, you know, um, same with you. Um, but the way the church, and it's a weird, the church is weird, man. It's a, it's an organization that Jesus started that is just strange. And when we're trying to shepherd and lead and administrate what God has done, we actually do make a lot of mistakes and, mm -hmm. and we need people to give us grace and show some kind of love, but also not just say, oh, well, that's them. They don't, they don't care. Cause actually we do. We really do care. Yeah. Uh, we deeply care, you know, so well, rabbit hole ramble, man. Quite part out loud. This is this is two two weeks in a row, bro. Don't get used to it. We're no, on I'm fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, um, I feel like this was like a serious ramble. Yeah, it got it got a little serious. 
So any, too serious. any, no, I don't think it got too serious. I think it was good. <laughs> I think it was good. Um, I wonder if there's anything before we wrap up that we should, you know, say light at the end. Uh, I tried overnight oats for the first time. Overnight oats. Today. So tell me what this is. Okay. So Jordan was worried about me microwaving oatmeal every day because I'm trying to get into a new habit mm. of, you know, eating and different. I'm just switching some things up in my diet and workout life, whatever. And so I told her about this bowl that I ordered on Amazon that you, it has the measurements already in it. You put the oats in a certain level and then water in a certain level and microwave it. And she was like, you're going to microwave oats all the, like every day. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you probably shouldn't do that. And I was like, oh, okay. Why not? What's the other? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's like, I guess microwave kills you or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said what doesn't so, kill you that's right. what i want to know yeah so Aspartame, she was like well, why don't yeah why don't, why don't you try overnight oats and i was like overnight oats what are overnight oats and she was like you've never heard of that whatever so she sends me all these like pinterest ref- recipes and all this stuff <laughs> and so i tried it for the first time so i just put half a cup of oats uh half a cup of milk and some non-fat greek yogurt and mixed it up and let it sit overnight and it absorbs the like the the liquid and then you top it with like some nuts or some fruit or whatever so today i had and like strawberries butter. and so, <laughs> some butter and some saltines <laughs> yeah saltines and Great, butter crush some saltines in there zero right yeah, on top yeah, good good to go <laughs> that was perfect or a, a buble you know a just, buble yeah give it a little give it a so, little flavor is, is it mushy or is it like oatmeal. Well, it can be. So if you don't use the right oats, like if you use like mm. instant oats, you know, mm. they say it'll get like super mushy. But I used uh um or, oh man, what's it called? The original like, like quicker original, just the stuff um, you gotta boil. Not cook. quick oats yeah. or anything yeah, yeah. like that. It was like the old fashioned, old okay. fashioned yeah, oats. Yeah, yeah. So they're like yeah, the yeah. bigger flakes. And so it doesn't it doesn't get as as mushy. And then I put uh a little bit of vanilla extract for mm. flavoring and then honey. So mm. it was all no added sugars or anything. It was all natural, natural sugars and stuff. And so, so today was your first day. Today was my first day, so and it was, was it? so good. Was it good, dude? It was. I was like, I could eat this. I could eat this for a while. Okay. So I was okay. excited because it's kind of a newer routine that I'm exploring, trying to have something with me on hand that I don't just shove food in my mouth when I get hungry, but having a healthy option that's quick and pre-made. So I'll tell you my new thing. But okay. it's not as healthy as yours. Is it? Is it sour skittles? I had to stop, man. They were tearing my tongue off, <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Like I, I was wondering when you're gonna start feeling like, that. Like it makes the inside of your mouth raw. No, dude. it like tore a hole in my tongue. Yeah. And I, I looked in the I mirror, and it looked like a crater. And I was like, Yes. Stop. Yeah. And it hurt so bad, dude. Like it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? It's like I didn't get that hit it's like, anymore. It's like I was sin, like, dude. I'm just it's like sin. seriously. It was like acid. Like just tearing a hole in my tongue. <laughs> So I stopped. Oh, no. Actually, I had, it's funny because uh, it was like a couple days ago, I had like a few left and I was letting my tongue heal enough to be able to down those last couple so I could just get rid of them. Oh, and God. so last night. So away, dude. Yeah. Last night I dumped the last little <sighs> piece in my mouth and I kept them to the edges, not in the crack, you know, yeah. and I it was fine. I just chewed them up, swallowed them, done. So I, I'm done with sour Skittles for a while until I forget. <laughs> <laughs> forget you yeah. go back to the pain no what i was going to tell you is that for breakfast this morning and i actually is the second time i've second or third time um we have a coffee shop here in town called vodka yeah and they have these little like breakfast sandwiches dude they're good dude so good like they're bacon, dangerously good bacon egg and cheese 
and it's on gluten free. Oh, see, I always do the croissant. If I if I get a sandwich, well, there, I, I do it on yeah, the croissant. I, I would do the croissant I, if it was gluten free, but it's not. That had to be good. But man, good. I'm telling you, that is like, oh crap. Which Dangerous. is just like, well, yeah, but it that's cooked in a microwave too. So. But they give you a little bit. They give you a few grapes, so yes, it's healthy. It you know, clears your palate, dude. <laughs> like, clears so. your palate for so you can taste the coffee. Taste the coffee. I don't know and why they give the you sandwich. grapes, but it's no, just it's good. More it's like good. presentation, I think. Uh, we had a. It was a, Christy had a pickle on hers, like on her plate, and I don't know if that's what they do for non gluten. I don't know. Anyway, she had a pickle. Maybe she got a lunch sandwich. I don't know. So we're sitting there and she had her last little bite and it fell off her plate onto the floor. Oh, and she was like, worst. I'm so mad because I was going to eat it and blah, blah, blah. She picked it up, put it down. And one of our friends, I won't mention who he is. It's not Ruben, by the way. One of our friends picked <laughs> it up and ate it. That up. Off the floor? Yeah, like ate it off How the floor. How long is it on the floor? Longer than five it, seconds? It doesn't matter, dude. Yeah, it kind of does. It's the floor underneath your feet where you're sitting. It fell right. on that floor. One second, five seconds, 30 it's all the same because it picked it all up in one swipe. And the dude ate it. And I was like, So we know yeah, it was we a can, guy. We can tell. Whoops. <laughs> he said, Whoops. And we can tell that you were a youth pastor. So Uh-oh. that narrows it down that for you. Narrows it down a little bit more. I was a youth pastor, but to clarify, it was not me. It was not Reuben. Okay. I promise it was not Reuben. But I couldn't believe that they ate the pickle off the floor. If, if, kinda, if this is the individual that I think you're talking about, it does not surprise me because it doesn't mean either what but they did at Yeah, at camp. your youth camp. Yeah, same. Same dude. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we could talk about that story and gag. I think we have it before, haven't we? Or is that in our, well, that was in our, that was in our staff meeting? That was not in the ramble. Yeah. We'll have to invite him on so he can, you know, tell us the story. But holy smokes, that was, it was bad. Awful. Real bad. So, all right, man. Well, Fun, 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 fun. Um, let's wrap up our episode with our exit. Little rabbits. You know, I, th- I might have started our episode with this one. We did. Yeah. But I might have started with the end instead of the beginning. Whoops. Oh, like there's two different soundtracks. I have two different. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have like the, the beginning. Like this doesn't have that. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, Only the beginning. The has beginning that. didn't have it. Yeah. Dude, I messed up. We we ended before we started. Yes, we should talk about that next time. Next time. And the multiverse. We remember, we'll talk about the multiverse and time travel. Sheesh. So go have some aspartame, some Some, overnight oats. What is it called? Overnight oats and talk about global warming. And global warming. Love you guys. Peace. Yeet.